0: Welcome to the first episode of Standing Room Only. Uh, I'm Jay Simmons, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Linatoy.
1: How's it going, Jay? Excited to get this thing going.
0: Yeah, we've uh, we've been talking about this for a few months now, about starting this up, but uh, excited to,
1: to actually get going now. Yeah, and I think the first episode is going to be a fun one. We got an exciting guest to bring on for um, to start, so a bit more on that later, but uh, yeah, Jay, Let's, uh, let's talk hockey. What are your thoughts so far in the NHL? How do you think they're doing with COVID and uh, and with the new division alignment?
0: Yeah, um, I'm actually really liking the new division uh, alignment. I'm loving the, the North Division. I'm um, liking watching all the Canadian teams play against each other. Uh, fun to see, you know, we're getting a lot of McDavid, Matthews um, in, in matchups like that, Pedersen from, from Vancouver. So that's that's fun to see those guys that we don't see uh, as often as Leafs fans, but
1: Uh, How about you? You liking it? Yeah, you know what I've enjoyed so far a lot is this kind of college hockey vibe with the back-to-back games. I think it's uh, it adds such a different storyline to the season, and, and there's kind of new rivalries that are forming with the divisions. You know, you touched on the North Division. It's fun watching these teams having to play each other, you know, eight, ten times a year, and uh, in these back-to-back formats, it, it's, it creates these mini storylines that make it so important, you know, to try and go 2-0 on a weekend, or at least split the series, because, when you're in the same division and you go down 0 and 2 in a back to back, that can uh, that can really cause some long term repercussions.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's 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 just even more evident that you know every game's worth four points now because you're playing so many in your division. So um, that, that's it's interesting. It's also interesting to see, um, you know, teams are having these battles and then two days later they have to play the same guys and and the. The, the rivalry kind of carries over to that next game, right? I, I, there's been some teams that have played each other four times in a row, um, which might get tiring over the season, but um, as off the start, it's been, it's been fun. Um, yeah, so who, uh, early on, we've been watching some hockey, obviously, uh, what, kinda, what teams have impressed you early, what players have impressed you early, and maybe what teams haven't impressed
1: you? Yeah, well, to start, I think it's pretty obvious. Tampa Bay looks like a force again. Um, it was tough seeing Cooch go down for the entire year, but getting Stamkos back, it looks like they haven't lost a step. They're so stacked, just all over their roster, forwards, their top 60, and obviously having Vasilevsky beha- between the pipes really helps. Um, so they're going to be a force again to come out of the Central. Florida looks great, you know, the starting off the season. I think they only have one loss to date so far, and they just look to handle Each team pretty handily um so those are two teams that stick out to me what uh what has caught what teams have caught your eye early on
0: yeah um I don't know if if this team's gonna win really and I I hate saying it to be honest but Montreal has surprised me a lot um I thought they were gonna take a step back this year but um they look like a tough team to play teams do not want to play there um and they give every team a good fight there so
1: Yeah, and going off that, one player who looks like a future superstar in the Habs is Nick Suzuki. Second year in the league, this guy's already on the first line. He's on the power play, and he's producing. He looks like a future star, and um, yeah, the Habs have been a really surprising team to start. As a Leafs fan, that kills me to say, but that North division is really heating up. Um, I honestly don't know who's going to come out on top by season's end, but it makes every night exciting, uh, with all those teams playing think each other. I he's
0: a point per game right now, or maybe at a point per game. So, um, he, yeah, watching him is going to be interesting. Um, another guy that, that's young and in the Canadian division that I really like is, uh, Kyler Yamamoto from, uh, Edmonton. Looks like he's, you know, he's a small guy, plays with a lot of tenacity. Um, but it looks like he's gonna fit in really well with Drysidle on his wing, and we we both know how deadly that McDavid Drysidle combo is. So adding some wing depth there is gonna be helpful for Edmonton. Maybe they can kind of make that next step this year and, and compete for the the top North Division spot. Um, but yeah, I guess that leads us to let's do some hot takes. Um, let's do we'll go through each division who we think might come out on top there. Um, and then we'll go through the major award winners, and we'll just take a stab. I know it's early right now; we're just a couple weeks in, but uh, we'll take a stab at who we think might might take those those awards home. So, um, why don't you kick us off with who you think's gonna win the Canadian division?
1: Yeah, well, we've talked a lot on it already. It's it's still pretty much up for grabs. Um, I'm gonna go Toronto. They were my finals prediction earlier before the season even started. I think they look great. Um, Matthews and Marner seem to really be clicking this year. And what's been a nice added bonus is, you know, Tavares and Nylander are also producing on that second line. So I don't know how anyone's going to um, surpass them in the standings. I think they look super strong. Um, But who knows? As we mentioned already, Montreal looks great. Vancouver has a lot of young guys. And you really can't discount the McDavid-Drysdale combo too to make a run now later on in the season. But who do you got in the North coming out right now? Yeah,
0: definitely up in the air. Um, I think there's probably about five teams that could win it. Um, just like you said, um, I also at the beginning of the season thought the Leafs would win the North. Um, and I, and I'm sticking with it. I do think they're gonna, but I'm kind of throwing another name out there as my, my dark horse. Um, I'm going to say the jets. Uh, I really do like, I really, yeah, yeah. Um, I think one with this Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, line A trade, which I'd love to get your thoughts on in a moment, but um, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois adding him uh, down the middle, you know, their centers are going to be deadly. Um, I think they're going to be able to compete with Edmonton, with Toronto down the middle. Um, and then they've got some really good uh, young scoring wingers. So, um it's fun to watch some of their guys like Connor and, and uh, Ehlers. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put them out there as a dark horse. I, I could see them. Yeah, down the for north.
1: sure. And I think it just goes to the point. It's such a toss up right now. You could make a case for every team except for the Sens. The Sens are probably the the bottom, the basement dwellers for sure yeah. this year. Moving to the central, who do you like? Um, it seems really top heavy in terms. Florida looks great. Um, obviously, the past Stanley Cup champions, Tampa will be in the run again. Carolina, and then as we mentioned earlier, the Blue Jackets bringing in Laine, they're going to be a force. And that's not even to mention Stanley Cup finalists from last year, the Dallas Stars. So who do you think comes out of this division? Um, What are your thoughts over on the Central and uh, who looks good to start the season?
0: Yeah, so I I personally think Central is going to actually be um, the hardest division this year. Uh, I know a lot of people think the East uh, has some pretty stacked teams, which it does. I think Central uh, is going to be a battle. Um, obviously, you know, like you said, all the teams, Florida, Hurricanes, Stars, um, Blue Jackets. I, I personally think the Hurricanes are going to take another step this year and win the division. Um, but early on, the Stars have really impressed me. Um, they, they had COVID problems, so they, they had to postpone their first few games, but, um, just from the short sample size we've seen, they've looked really, really good. So interesting to watch. And again, they were Stanley Cup finalists last year, um, and they're going to be hungry to, to come out this year. So
1: Yeah, for sure. And the Hurricanes look great. I don't know how I can bet against Tampa Bay in this division. They're yeah. so strong from top to bottom, and they never seem to to take an off night. They're always, you know, bringing it to whoever they're playing. And they look like a force to be reckoned with in the Central and in the entire league again. It'll be interesting to see if they can repeat on such a short offseason. But um, one team that's really surprised me is, is Nashville. The, a bit of a slow start. Did you see this coming? And do you think they'll be able to turn it around? Or are they kind of fading off maybe to more the middle tier of a, in the NHL?
0: Yeah, it's, it's tough with the Predators because they're not really in the point of rebuilding. Um, they still have a pretty good core group of guys. I don't know if it's, it's a core group of guys to win anything. Um, but it's tough. You, you can't, they're not, they're never going to be a team that's not in a game. Um, they battle pretty hard and they, they have a good, they have good talent. I just don't know if they have enough offensive side to their game. Um, their D obviously very strong. They kind of always have been goaltending. I think is pretty good. Um, UC Saros is looking good early on and then they still have Pekka there. Um, if, if, you know, all else fails. But I just don't think they, they have the offensive ability. I'm wondering if they start selling some of their guys off. Like, I'd be interested to see if Forsberg is still in Nashville uh, at the end of this season, which would be interesting because he's a really skilled and talented player.
1: Yeah, another name there is Duchesne. That was a guy who was really a superstar in the league, and, and he's off to a bit of a slow start and, and kind of hasn't produced, maybe at the level the Preds thought he would when they brought him in and paid him. You know, big money for his contract. Um, Moving to the East, though, this is a division that we watched growing up a lot. We watched a lot of Sidney Crosby, a lot of Ovechkin, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchant. And those teams seem to be at the top of the division again. And I'm going to give you my first hot take. I think the Penguins missed the playoffs this year. I don't like the goaltending. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. And this this is coming from a huge Sid the Kid fan. But I don't like their goaltending. I think their core is aging, obviously. And there's a lot of strong teams. Like, even, you know, you look at the Devils, you look at the Sabres. The Islanders have been there before. And, and the Rangers, the, they look a little off right now, but they have a ton of young talent. I think it's a tough division to get wins in. And, and Pittsburgh could be that one team that goes on a bit of a skid and suddenly falls drastically down the, down the standings. What do you think of the East and who, who looks good here?
0: Yeah, well, uh, very interesting hot take on the Penguins. Um, it doesn't really surprise me, actually. I, I could see them missing the playoffs, too. Just because they're division, you know, there's so many good teams. Um, as you said, you know, the Flyers, Capitals, Bruins, all really, really good teams. I think, personally, the Flyers have impressed me early on.
1: Yeah, for sure. One guy to talk about on the Flyers is, is JVR. I think he's sitting at, like top 10 in points um, to start the season he's playing on the first line he's getting a ton of ice time and this is someone that we we went through as leafs fans together a lot of a lot of highs but also a lot of lows with this guy so it's good to see him kind of revive his career back in philly and it's going to be an interesting division another guy that i just can't seem to watch in a capitals uniform is big z watching him (laughs) watching him play against his old team well you know growing up you're you're just used to chara uh manning the bruins blue line so so that's been a weird change but uh it'll be interesting to see how this division shake shakes out and um moving to the west this is an interesting one this is uh there's a lot of good teams in this but um i don't know who will come out on top any thoughts on the west and and who looks good
0: yeah i i uh I think it's honestly between the blues and the avalanche for the West. Um, I know golden Knights are, are around and they're always a good team and, um, they've had a pretty good start this year. I think the avalanche are going to take it. They're just so good. I think this is, this is the year they actually win the president trophy and they, they take uh, the most points because they also do have a lot of weaker teams in this division. I think this is the division that has the most, you know, kind of, um, top tier and then, uh, bottom tier of this division with the sharks, coyotes, ducks, and Kings. Um, Really interesting to see the Wild. Um, it's actually been fun to watch them a bit with Kaprizov coming there um, and just kind of a changing of the guard in in uh, Minnesota from Mikko Koivu away. So uh, they've been fun to watch. Interesting to see that they're actually having an okay start to this season. Maybe they can slide into the playoffs. They usually do kind of find their way there. Um, but how about you? Who do you think is going to win the West?
1: Yeah, the wild. The wild are a weird team to me. I think they're going to be similar to years past, where they sneak in the playoffs and probably have a first round exit. But they're a team that's that's always kind of sitting there in the dark. Um, I like Vegas. I I know they're always seem to be in the kind of top three or four favorites to win. I think they they look really good to start the year. The Avs as well. They're such a fun team to watch. They have so much firepower, and Nate McKinnon has really established himself as one of the best offensive forwards in the league um so i think m- at the end of the year the Avs will probably end up on top but it'll be interesting the blues and in- vegas are going to be right there for the taking and i think one key thing is as you mentioned there's some there's some basement dwellers in this division so it- it'll be a matter of just beating the beating the teams that you should and and probably the team that does that will be the one that comes out on top here
0: yeah Okay, so that's uh, kind of our, our four takes on each division. Um, let's just quickly go through each of the, the five kind of major awards um, in the NHL, and we'll just give our early look at who we think's going to win each one. So uh, let's start at the top here with the Hart Trophy, so
1: the MVP um, for the regular season. Who, who you got there? I'm going to be boring. Uh, the best player in the world, Connor McDavid. He looks incredible to start the year again. He just seems like he's on a different level than anyone else in the league, and and it would take something catastrophic, in my opinion, for him to not win the MVP this year. Are you on Are you on board with that, or do you have someone else that you think deserves it right now?
0: Um, I, I think that's a really good bet to bet McDavid, uh, especially I think after last year when Dreisaitl won it, um, McDavid took a bit of offense to that. I. Uh, you Know as he wants to be known as the, the player there and the guy who's leading that team, so I think he's going to be hungry this year to win that. Um, and I think he's going to have a lot to prove, but I'm actually going to go with uh, our homeboy, I'm going to go with Matthews because Ooh, I love it. I think, yeah, I think they're going to have a good season, and um, I think they're going to have the best regular season they've had in a long time, and he's going to be the reason for that. And, and he is such a good player, and I think he. That team works around him, so if he's going there, going. So that, that's my take for the heart.
1: Yeah, um, and what's really interesting this year too is like with the Leafs and Oilers playing each other multiple times throughout the year. I wonder how much voters for the MVP will take into account just how those teams do against each other. If if Matthews has a few big games against the Oilers and the Leafs can maybe take that season series, that could that could definitely sway a lot of voters' opinions in, in his way. And it's tough arguing against him. These two guys are just definitely the up and coming stars of this league and they're already starting to establish themselves as the best players. So moving forward, who do you have for the rocket Richard? Who, who's going to score the most goals this year?
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to, I mean, I don't know if it's really off the board, but it, it, it might be a little out of scope of what people are thinking, but I'm going to go uh, to Vancouver and I'm going to say Brock Besser. Um, I really think this guy's a, a pure goal scorer, a really good shot. And then he's, he's playing with Patterson, right? So. Um, who's an unbelievable puck mover. A little bit of a slow start for him this year, um, but I think as they get going, I think those two working together, I think Besser's going to score a bunch.
1: Yeah, for sure. Besser looks great to start the year. The Canucks are a fun team to watch. A lot of young talent there. I'm going to go back to the guy we've covered a lot already, Austin Matthews. He is always looking to score when he's on the ice. He shoots it a ton. He plays... um, on every power play the Leafs have and I I think he'll be right in the running to to score the most goals this year kind of a dark horse I have there is Artemi Panarin I know the Rangers have had a really slow start to the year I think they're gonna pick it up I think uh, Lafreniere looks a lot better in the last couple games than he did to start off and I think he could be a dark horse to to maybe take this I know he's sitting a few back already but um, that that's someone to keep an eye on moving forward too yeah for sure
0: Okay. Uh, let's keep moving. Um, let's go to defenseman of the year, the Norris Trophy. Who you got? This
1: is a tough one. This is a tough one. Um, taking in everything to account, uh, I think he's a bit of a, a sleeper right now, but Quinn Hughes, I know we've talked a lot about the North Division in, in particular, but Hughes seems to be involved in, in really every every play that Canucks make on the offensive end, and he's someone I definitely want to keep an eye on, um, especially moving forward. That that Vancouver team looks like they could pot six or seven a night on an on-night. So he's someone that could, you know, have these multi-point games and all of a sudden sneak up and even lead the league in and, and defensive assists. So that's the guy I got. Um, it might be a bit hot take-ish, but who do you have right now for the Norris?
0: Yeah, no, I, I really like Hughes. Um, I actually had him on my list as, you know, maybe a Norris candidate this year. Um, and, and I think he's going to get a ton of points, like you said, with that team there. Um, and they could score you know, seven any given night. So I think that's a good bet. Um, I'm actually going to say, and this might be a little more of a hot take, but early on I really like the way he's been playing. Um, he's playing a ton, and they're using him a, a ton, is uh, John Klingberg in Dallas. Ooh. Um, yeah, and, and he's got such a high offensive side to his game. Um, I think this might be the year that he kind of puts it all together. Had a, had a rough year last year. He was hurt a bit didn't, didn't get the recognition with Heisken in there. So I think he's got a lot to prove this year and he's looking good to start. And so I'm going to say John
1: Klingberg. Love it. I love it. All right. Moving to between the pipes, who is looking like the leading contender for the Vesna right now, in your opinion?
0: (sighs) It's tough. I, I think it's going to be Hellebuck. Um, I think the Jets are, again, like I said, I think they could kind of make a run and go for that North Division title, and they're only going to do that if Hellebuck's standing on his head. So uh, I'm going to say Connor Hellebuck from, from uh, Winnipeg.
1: That's a great guess. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the North Division for my Vesna prediction with um, trusty Carey Price. He is one of, if not the best goalies in the league. He's pro- he's proved that time and time again. And as we mentioned, Montreal looks super competitive this year, and Carey Price is obviously a huge factor in that He's someone that I think is going to single-handedly win some of these tough games down the stretch for the Habs and and maybe even push them a bit deeper into the playoffs. So that's my prediction right now. Um, and moving forward, who do we got for the Rookie of the Year? I know it's early. There's a lot of different candidates. Is there anyone that's sticking out to you as someone that could potentially take the uh, the Calder?
0: Yeah, well, I think uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, from minnesota is the early leader in that that department um this guy's highly touted he's been they've been waiting for a couple of years for him to come over from russia um he's kind of like that panarin kind of like that kucherov type um coming over and and looking pretty dominant right away so i would say he's probably the heavy favorite uh, early on um one guy to watch and i and i have been watching a few of his games and really like so far um is niels Hoglander from Uh, Vancouver. Uh, He's playing on a line with Horvat and Pearson, and they've been pretty good so far. And he looks like he's a quite the young player. So, um,
1: yeah. How about you? Yeah, you know, preseason, I was a huge fan of fan of Stutzla. I thought he was gonna really explode on the scene. He looked incredible in the World Juniors, but unfortunately, the team he plays for is is pretty trash at least to start the year. And he hasn't produced a ton. I'm gonna go with you and say Capra's off. He looks incredible. He doesn't look like a rookie to me, and he just fits in seamlessly with the wild and and kind of their offensive attack. I'm gonna give a deep sleeper here. I know this guy hasn't played many games this year, but there could be opportunity for Bowen Byram to really explode on the scene and and if he can kind of prove his worth early on in Colorado and maybe even get some shifts and some time with Makar that could be someone to watch coming down the stretch. I know we're going to talk a bit about him and uh, and a story about him later on in the episode, but I love his game. I love how he plays and I think he's an incredibly talented player on a, in a really good situation, which is Colorado.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Well, those are some good uh, hot takes. It'll be interesting to see uh, as we progress throughout the season, if any of them come true. Um, and and if we know what we're talking about at all, but it will be interesting. So, um yeah that's been an awesome awesome start to the episode um i think it's probably about time that we we give our our guest a call and we're really excited to um to share with you uh our, our guest and and have you listen in on on some of his perspectives and his take on things so um anything else before we get go there matt
1: yeah no i think we uh we're just excited for hockey to be back it's it's awesome that they've done such an incredible job the n h l in this covid season to really provide a really good viewing experience i've been loving every night um, just kind of tuning in on different action on game center but yeah for sure let's bring on our first guest this kid uh, grew up in our hometown and has really established himself as one of the the young great talents um, in the nhl so really excited to talk to him and maybe hear a couple stories of his experience growing up uh, in the gta
0: yeah, um, we're really excited to introduce our inaugural guest of the podcast. Um, he's a he's an NHL first-round draft pick. He's a world junior gold medalist. He's a Mickey Renault award winner uh, for the best captain in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, and he's recently played in his NHL debut with the Dallas Stars. So please welcome Ty
2: Delandria. Thanks for having me.
0: Welcome, Ty. How's everything going?
2: Everything's great, yeah. It's been... Uh been a whirlwind kind of past couple weeks but it's been a lot of fun and just trying to soak it all in
0: yeah i bet so you've been down in dallas for a little while now um i'm assuming you've got a place you're
2: living yeah i just got a spot uh just recently so i haven't moved in but uh yeah i was able to uh get a spot downtown so that's nice nice good view good view yeah good view of the city who are you living with on my own jake is in the same building but uh yeah he's he's on a higher floor and he lets me know. So
0: <laughs> that's good. Um, all right, let's uh, get started with some of the questions we have uh, for you, Ty. Uh, Matt, you want to take it away?
1: All right. First question we have for you, Ty is who was your favorite player to watch growing up and why?
2: My favorite player was uh, Jonathan Taves. So um, I remember that, you know, a shootout in the world juniors and uh, and scoring like the back to back to back. So I think that's, something I remembered and then ever since just kind of uh loved Washington and Washington with Chicago and uh yeah so.
1: It's weird now you know entering the NHL growing up playing kids only your age to playing um kind of some of these guys that you watch growing up.
2: Yeah yeah it's definitely weird um you know it was fun like last night I, you know I'm only three games in but uh I played in Detroit last night and I played in Flint for four years so went down and watched a lot of um, Detroit games. And uh, Bertuzzi, you know, we're with the same agency. So, you know, I'd go watch watch him play a few times a year for sure um, and just then be able to play and, and kind of actually line match him against them last night. So it was uh, kind of cool how things come full circle.
0: What kind of uh, stuff do you like doing in your free time, you know, when you're away from the rink?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I recently bought a guitar. So um, especially with this kind of, quarantine COVID times been trying to learn a guitar and uh trying to play a lot so it's come a long way and there's uh there's a few guys here that are actually pretty good so been been uh teach me so it's been fun.
0: Oh yeah? Who's that?
2: Uh Ty Feliber. He's he actually's uh with Texas stars right now but um you know he's a country boy and, and uh you know he's really good at you know his country kinda songs so
0: I guess now that you play for Dallas you gotta be a country singer,
1: right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> what's uh what's a typical day look like for you that's a non game day yeah, I'd practice uh every day there's
2: a lot of practice here, a lot of ice, so um just get up and usually go with coffee on the way to the rink and then um you know it's been nice practicing down at the a c you know you have a nice half an hour drive or so so um get to the rink and warm up and do video practice and then um, maybe get a little workout in after and then a lot of resting you know you got to get the rest when you can because especially this season is packed with games right as he, we've all been seeing so um relaxing you know maybe grab some dinner takeout and just call it a night
0: you mentioned takeout uh any good at cooking yourself
2: yeah i've been i've been cooking a, a fair bit actually down here i do pretty basic but a lot of uh like roasted vegetables chicken steak so the I'd say barbecue. I better at barbecue than I am. I, yeah,
0: you can't really okay. mess up a barbecue too bad.
2: Barbecue.
1: <laughs> so, so you skipped the college diet, eh?
2: Yeah, skip the college diet. But
0: What about video games, Ty? What's the current game of choice?
2: All Everybody's on the Warzone, so everybody's on the Call of Duty Warzone uh, page right now. Um, there's a lot of guys that play, and uh, yeah, it's a blast. So, so
0: do you have a squad you play with?
2: Yeah, Uh, I play a lot with uh, some buddies from play junior with Jake Durham. So he's, he's quite the player and uh, I'm not. So he he carries the weight for both of us.
0: Yeah, you're the guy running around shooting trees, right?
1: Exactly. i hiding in bushes and whatnot. Love it. Is there any, uh, are you going to ever launch your uh, Twitch streaming career? Are you going to be kind of a, a player behind the scenes more? Yeah, I'm more behind the scenes. You'll you won't catch
2: me there. I I don't have the talent to be. I've never been a good video game guy. So <laughs>
0: you're a glue guy when it comes to video games.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I'm the mic guy.
0: <laughs> All right, that's probably a good warm up. Um, what we thought we would do next is just go through a, a timeline of your career, um, and, and get your perspective on the different stages um, and what you experienced through them. Yeah. So let's let's just start right at the beginning. Um, you know, you grew up in. Port Perry, Ontario, and you, you played minor hockey there for a bit, right? Yeah, so
2: I played uh, Port Perry up until uh, Major Adam, I guess, and then Minor Pee I, I moved up to the Wolves and, and played there until Minor Midget Central Ontario Wolves.
0: Nice. And you weren't actually that driven when it came to hockey. I mean, I knew you back then, and you obviously loved hockey, but you were also really into you know basketball and, and stuff like that. Uh, it wasn't really until your later years of minor hockey that you started focusing more on hockey right
2: yeah yeah you're exactly right i wasn't uh i mean i loved it but i didn't it wasn't like my biggest drive or, or my biggest passion at the time you I know mean, it, it probably was up there but um you know I, I felt like i was doing so much stuff like you know um summers would spend at the cottage and you know wakeboarding water skiing and winters um you know there's a lot of activities that you know my dad and i would do snowboarding skiing you know snowmobiling so um yeah it wasn't until like and I wasn't actually very good either at hockey back with, like, growing up so it wasn't until like uh you know major Adam like minor midget until things kind of started to turn around and I kind of started to take it seriously and the OHL draft was coming up and um you know I kind of got interested and like really was realizing it was close and like okay like I guess I gotta get going a bit you know what I mean
0: yeah so I remember I think it was your draft during the OHL um you scored I don't remember how many you scored but you really took a step up that year and ended up going fifth overall to Flint so tell us a little bit about that year uh did you start working out did you just focus more on on hockey or what allowed you to take that giant step
2: yeah I I started working out um you know maybe a year or two before my OHL draft and um just kind of yeah start taking more seriously like like really uh you know summer training off ice training on ice training in the summer um and just kind of making it you know focus like a main focus and, and really uh dialing it in so um yeah i mean i even i remember my minor bantam year like really struggling and um thinking like having like hard the hard conversations with my parents like kind of what do i want to do and um do i want to go um and just kind of kept sticking with it and and things didn't really turn around for a while like not even through my major bantam year um i had another tough year again kind of struggling through it asking you know talking about the tough conversations with my parents and then um, my minor midget year i think that summer i really kind of focused on that and um just you know tried to try to put all my eggs in one basket sort of thing and um and then just kind of had a break breakout year had a really good year and and uh, I, I wasn't on any you know rankings or anything going into the year or whatnot and just started to climb and climb and then uh, by the end of the year you know where it was
1: walk us through the ohl draft process how many teams did you talk to leading up to the draft and when did you know you're going to get selected by flint yeah I, I talked to a bunch of teams throughout
2: the year and i think kind of as my stock rose um throughout the year I just kept you know, touring more places and, and talking to more teams. And so I'd probably talking to everybody throughout the the year. And then um, it's kind of leading up to draft week, talking to teams and, you know, agents calling and, you know, trying to guess or whatnot. And we didn't really know. Uh, and then the night before um, the draft, I got a call from from uh, uh, Joe Birch, who was kind of overseeing the team at the time. and. Just saying, you know, we, we want a guy to come. We want to pick you. We we need to know if you're going to come or not because they had troubles, you know, the year before with with guys committing and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, it was hard. Like, obviously, I, I didn't know what Oshawa – Oshawa picked six and Flint picked five and Oshawa's my hometown, right, like hometown team. So, um really wanted to go there but didn't know, you know, who they were going to pick or if I was in their plans or not. So, um, yeah, had had some tough conversations. Uh, you know, I remember calling uh, Jay's brother, Scott, you know, and somebody who'd been through the OHL and whatnot and just um, trying to figure out. And then we made a decision. My parents and I just said, like, let's do this thing. Sure, let's go for it. That's awesome.
0: Kind of leads us into another question about Flint in that whole process. Uh, as you mentioned, the team is going through a tough time with their management. Um, some players were telling them they wouldn't come to Flint if they drafted them. Uh, What was it like going into a situation like that? Uh, And and how did you guys really change the culture in Flint?
2: Uh, Like, there was definitely a lot of culture we had to change going through. But to be honest, when I came in, I was just, like, so – I want to say, like, just, like, childlike. Like, I was so young and just excited to play in the O and and get going and kind of start this, like – OHL career I wasn't really even thinking about like oh this is a place that nobody likes or this is a place where like not many people are gonna come um I was just like let's go like let's do this thing let's start the rookie year like I wanted to play um so there's I think I was just feel, like filled with excitement and ready to go so I don't think uh, it was it was really like a question about you know my I it wasn't really like I had a lot of questions I was like let's just go do this and, and have fun with it and um yeah, there was definitely a lot of culture to be had. I think it started, like, we had a great group of rookies come in and definitely, like, had to talk with guys and, and you know, buddy up with guys and make sure guys would come. But, like, Dennis Busby, Jack Fizz, Ryan Littlejohn, Hunter Holmes, we came in as a rookie group, and we are just so tight and made it so fun. We had, like, the best rookie year, and then that kind of carried on to – I think people kind of realized, like, you know, there's a young group in Flint that was having fun, and and, you know, we got some – more of our buddies so to say come and just kind of created a good culture there it was a lot of fun
0: yeah and uh, and it seemed to work right like the first couple of years you guys were bottom of the standings but in your last year you guys were second in the west i believe uh before covid shut it down early
1: yeah
2: i think so when the pause happened
0: uh was that super disappointing
2: yeah it was because because we we knew we like we struggled the first three years but uh like coaches management kept saying like you know you might not be able to see it but like there's a team like coming out of this like you know we're, we're gonna have a year and we're gonna go for it and so we did like we went out and got a good goalie we got some solid d-men and, and really upgraded and um like got to the point like we went on a 17 game like heater late in the year and just having so much fun and like kind of like dominating or or, or you know rolling over teams as a as a team as a group and it's just so much fun so we were pumped for playoffs but it's too bad
1: you mentioned coming in as a wide-eyed 16-year-old to the OHL, and then fast-forward two years, you're the captain of the team. What was that transition like for you? Yeah, it was,
2: um, I mean, looking back, it you're like, wow, that's fast. You know, like two years, and you go from being a rookie to a captain. But kind of going through the process, um, just kind of on, all unfolded and um, how it went, and I had some, like, really good captains before me, like Alex Peters, who, Kind of mentored me and showed me you know what a good captain in the league was so um i think i learned quick i think i did like a lot of maturing over those years and growing up and just living away from home and kind of figuring out all that sort of those details and um growing as a player so um yeah it was quick but you know i think when it happened i was ready and
1: and kind of ready to take over that role for sure and one of one of the highlights from your junior career of course was being selected for the World Juniors. Uh, what was that experience like winning, um, obviously in your one year there? And, you know, maybe maybe talk us through that experience and what it was like, you know, playing with a bunch of guys that uh, formed a team so quickly and was able to, to take gold.
2: Yeah, that was unreal. Um, just start to finish from training camp, uh, you know, all the way to the end, coming together with a group of guys who we were so tight and um, just spending you know, a month together um, every day and, you know, doing everything together. Yeah, you create friendships and that will last a lifetime and um, going through adversity and, you know, we no better way to do it. Like we got pumped six nothing by Russia and then, you know, we were replaced facing in the final and, you know, you're a bit worried, you know, cause they were such a strong team in game two, but then um, just wanting to like win it after, after that and, you know, kind of take it back to them. So it was crazy. Yeah, the whole tournament was awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean watching on T V was intense enough. I, I can't even imagine playing in it. Um but yeah, when you look back on it, uh I, I'm sure there's gonna be, you know, many things you're gonna remember for the rest of your life. But is there any story in particular that really stands out from that trip or that group of guys? Uh I remember it being a really fun team.
2: Yeah, it was it was a really fun group of guys. Um we you know, we had some like we had a really good group of guys, but also just like a bunch of characters too. Um Bo and Byram in particular, Aiden Dudas. By, I Byfield, just guys that were just always, you know, creating commotion in the room and whatnot. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I've told the story before. But it was a Bo and Byron. We were in the airport, and uh, after we won, and we were all tired from a, a long night, um, you know, celebrating. And uh, we get to the, we had to fly out the next morning, so we get to the airport in the morning. It's like seven in the morning. We're all gassed, and there's a bunch of people flying out, and we're in the middle of like. I want to say like Frankfurt airport and it's just packed. and home holds up the trophy and, and starts screaming throughout the airport and, and, uh, hilarious. So, so it was a, definitely a memory I'll, I'll me- remember forever.
0: Yeah. Byron's another guy from that team, uh, who recently played in his NHL debut. Um, another one who I believe he was your roommate was uh, first overall Alexi Lafreniere, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. What's he like off the He's,
2: ice? Uh, man, he's just a normal dude. Like he's, uh, obviously an incredibly gifted hockey player, but he's a normal dude. He, he loves the guys and, and hanging out and, um, just casual, you know, he, you know, there's nothing, nothing different. I thought, I thought that was a cool thing. You know, obviously he's, he's, uh, extremely gifted, but it's just, just a normal dude that likes to have fun. So it was a lot of fun with him.
0: So from the world juniors, um, you went back to Flint. Yeah. An unbelievable month, right. Um, Then everything got shut down which eventually led to you being invited to go to edmonton with the stars for the playoff bubble um just shed some light on the whole experience of finding out you'd be you know a part of that roster and then traveling to edmonton uh and staying in isolation
2: there yeah yeah it was cool like we had a we had a fairly uh long training camp leading up to going to the bubble and picking the team so um trying to fight for a spot and and wanting to go and um knowing that there's going to be like a taxi squad or like a black ace group going um so you want to get a spot there and yeah i was excited to be be able to go and just uh you know experience playoffs and be around the guys and turned into like you know we go in and and we knew we wanted to go for a long run but just to be with the guys and you didn't know if it was going to be two weeks or it ended up being what like i want to say like a month and a half that's for us you know what i mean so um it went from just, you know, you're kinda of getting to know the guys and, and going to the bubble and then to going spending every day for two months and really getting to know the whole team and, and creating some good memories. So um it was a lot of fun, you know, watching the guys. I didn't get to play, but watching the guys and uh just seeing them, you know, fight their way to the to the finals and go for a run in the finals was pretty incredible.
0: What was the life like in, in the bubble? Was it hard being isolated for that long with just your teammates?
2: Yeah, it was tough for sure. Um, I think it was tough, you know, for both playing and, and the aces. Um, uh, but yeah, just, you know, you're isolated in there. Um, you can only play so much simulator golf before you get to that. So, um, they yeah, a lot of simulator golf to start. Like you have three restaurants to eat out of and a lot of video games, um, a lot like just spending time in the team lounge. it was a lot, it was a lot of doing the same kind of few things. You can count on one hand. So. Um, and it was definitely hard, like as a black ace, you know, you're trying to stay ready in case you get the call to go in because no matter how hard you, no matter how hard you skate or how hard you practice, you know, you're not going to be ready for an NHL playoff game without actually playing one. Right. So, um, just getting bagged every day, um, was tough for sure, but
1: you know, it paid off. Well, what, what was it like being in the building like during these games, you know, you're used to playing in front of thousands of fans and for the first time, probably since you're a tyke, you're playing in front of no one. What was the atmosphere like? Uh, was it tougher for the guys to get ready for games or get amped up? Or was it kind of like status quo?
2: Yeah, I, I think it was tough. I mean, um, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs are incredible. And, and part of the reason they're so incredible is the energy that there is in the buzz around the city and the fans, right? So yeah. Um, you know playoffs are special in that way, so I definitely think it was tough to to get up and um, you know it's no matter what it wasn't going to be the same energy as a you know a, a you know Stanley Cup playoffs with fans and, and packed buildings, but I think you know these guys are competitors and they're um, have the drive no matter what, and when it comes down to a bottom line is you know they want to win a Stanley Cup and, and they want to play, so they found a way and you know it's fun to watch every night.
0: So from the bubble, I mean, you guys did really well going to the Stanley Cup finals and, and coming together as a team, it seemed. Um, but did that all help springboard
2: you into this year and into this training camp? hundred percent. Yeah. You come into camp and you've already spent two months with the guys in, in playoffs, which is like, you know, playoffs, you come together as a family and that's how you win. You know, you really come together tight and get to know everybody and um, lean on one another. So I've come to camp and you already know everybody and you know the team and and how how it works and how the systems work and um, coaches so just to be able to come in and feel comfortable really helped my confidence and, and just being able to feel confident in my game and who i am and and you know do do what i can do every day yeah
0: and i guess your summer was a lot shorter this year because of how long you were in the bubble right and then trying to start the season as early as possible. What was that like? Was it was it enough time to really step away from the game, or would you have liked some more time?
2: Yeah, it, honestly, it's been a pretty crazy year. Like I, you know, we were all home for quarantine or whatever when this all first happened, and then everybody got together for the bubble. Um, so I left for Dallas, you know, early, early June, I want to say, and then was in the bubble until October, and I went got to go home for. You know three weeks or four weeks um kind of took some time off after the bubble and then got back into it shortly and then i went to finland so uh it's kind of been all over the place and haven't really got a ton of ton of rest but it's uh it's been good
1: yeah talk a bit more about finland you know you you had a quick stint over there um you played six games what was that like Was that just kind of to keep you in game shape for coming back to training camp? Or or what was the reasoning behind maybe uh, going out there? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think I just, they, myself and and then Dallas want to be,
2: stay in shape, be ready, be in game shape and um, just come to camp as ready as possible. So um, being playing there was great. Like they they do things a lot differently, um, you know, when it comes to systems and just the way they play, but they're doing a lot of things awesome you know creating a lot of good players as you can see by you know dallas's core of Finnish guys yeah it was good you know they they work hard and then we uh their off ice training is pretty intense so i was able to stay in really good shape and just come into camp and and get right into it
0: learn any of the language over there what do they
2: speak Finnish, i guess Finnish, yeah yeah it's a hard language man it's one of the hardest so. really got any words for yeah. us boy hi
0: that's about all I got Ketos. thank you you got some words you can't say on the
2: podcast yeah exactly yeah
0: so I guess all this this leads to kind of the last couple of weeks or so um where you guys you know as a team you went through quite the covid protocol um and shutting down you guys had to postpone a bunch of your first games so what was that like uh, and what was the atmosphere around the team
2: yeah like I think um I think everybody was just kind of shocked like how did it happen? You know what I mean, and um, then you just kind of see guys kind of going down um, and realizing, like, uh, you know, what's going to happen with the start of the season. You know, what's going to happen with home opener stuff like that. So, yeah, I think um, you know, there's a bit of shock, but we kind of just kept going, like, just kept practicing and playing, and know that you know, either way, we're going to have to play at some point soon because you can only delay like a certain amount of games throughout your your season, right? So um I I don't know how many it is but um yeah so we knew we were gonna have to play shortly so we were just trying to get ready the best we could
1: yeah for sure and then playing in your first NHL game recently that must have been such a surreal experience and something you dream about growing up what was that day like and did it feel like a normal game for you
2: yeah that was an unreal day um just getting ready you know something to dream of and You know, trying to kind of didn't seem real. You know, you're trying to kind of pinch yourself and take it all in. But, um, you know, once you got into it, it was just like another hockey game. You know, you're trying to play. And obviously I felt a bit uncomfortable and and getting used to it all. Um, And it was, it was extreme. It was exciting and I loved it and it was nice to get the first one. And then just kind of, you know, you can breathe a little bit after you got the first one in the belt and then um, just kind of roll from there. You know what I mean? So I've been feeling more comfortable ever since.
0: Yeah. How uh, and when did you find out you were going to be on the opening night roster?
2: Uh, I think it was the day before. Um, coach just said, you know, you're going to be playing with the line you're practicing with today. So um, yeah, I guess that's when, when I knew. It's pretty exciting.
0: It's unfortunate with everything going on, uh, your family couldn't come down to watch that game live. Uh, was that tough for you?
2: Yeah, it was too bad for sure. Like, I think it would have been really cool to share it um, with family and like, have them there and just, you know, soak it all in. Cause they, uh, you know, they, they put so much sacrifice and time into, you know, me getting here too. So, um, would have been special to have, you know, some family and friends there, and, uh, but what can you do, right? It's COVID times and just gotta, gotta be happy. We're playing at least. Right.
0: For sure. I know it's early on and you probably have a ton of support as the young guy. Uh, but is there anyone on the team that's really taken you under their wing, uh, or that you're learning a lot from?
2: Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of guys, honestly, like a lot of guys have been helping me out in many ways. Um, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, just how kind of good of a situation I'm in, um, you know, uh Pavelski and, and Jamie, Ben uh, James captain, but just both their leadership and, and, um, just being able to learn from them, you know, as veterans that have been, you know, some of the best captains around in, in the last little bit. So, um, I think Paz just has a right-handed centerman, um, you know, he's been giving me lots of tips, draws, tipping, you know, he's always kind of watching out for me. And if he see something, he's kind of pulling me aside and, and telling me that's great. Um, Cogliano has been a huge help too. Just, uh, off ice on ice. He's been, it's been, uh, you know, playing the left wing and we've been playing on the same line. So, um, a lot of system stuff, you know. He's been super helpful and just making me feel comfortable in the room, and um you know, being a good a good teammate. And and even uh, say you know, he's been he's been out, but uh just like even calling me before games and just giving me tips. You know, another right-handed centerman just out of nowhere calling and saying, "Hey, look, like you know, I know I know you're going to be taking draws. Like this is what this guy does, and this is what this guy does." So, you know, I think they're all looking out for me and. Uh, I can't think of a better situation to be than learning from, you know, that core of leaders, you know what I mean? So it's pretty fortunate.
1: What's uh, what's Rick Bonus like off the ice? He seems very much like a player's coach. Um, have you gotten along well with him to start your career? And, and kind of how, how does he handle uh, coaching the team?
2: For sure. Yeah, he, he's an unbelievable coach. Um, you know, he, he demands a lot from his players, but he is, uh, you know, Finds ways to, to bring the best out of you, and he's just uh, you know, a great guy to be around, and he really lifts up our room with, with energy and, and confidence. So um, you know, he gives a lot of good insight, and, and he knows how to win hockey games. So he's been around the game a long time, and, and he's seen it all, so he, he gives a lot of good insight.
0: Yeah, one of the uh, stories that really came up in the bubble um, and has carried over to the start of this season uh, is your goalie, Anton Kudobin, or or Dobby as people better know him. Uh, the media sort of portrays him as this fun, sort of crazy guy. Uh, is that an accurate description of him off the ice and in the room?
2: Yeah, honestly, like uh, game days, he's pretty dialed in. Um, you know, he's he's to himself. He you know he sits in the the corner of the room and and he's focused and and uh, getting ready to go. Um, you know, practice days, I think he's like he's loose. He's he's having a good time. You know, he loves the game. He loves coming to the rink and just having fun. So. Um, You know you see a bit of both sides of him and uh he brings a lot of energy and and, uh, a lot of
1: confidence when he's in the net so um it's a fun goalie to play play in front do you have any uh you have any characters in the room you talked about a couple in the world juniors is there any guys that are uh, um characters uh
2: not a lot of characters i mean guys are uh you know guys are, are, are a lot of fun to be around but they're also business-like like you know they come to the rink every day and, and they're doing their job and and, and focus but um you know i think blake como's a, a pretty undercover funny guy he's always stirring up in, in the dressing room and getting a good laugh and bugging cogliano so it's uh cogs is a funny guy too um he's real real serious but when you get him going um you know he he's always good for a good laugh so um a couple of characters for sure, but. Yeah, not as much. So moving
0: forward in your NHL career, uh, you're going to be playing more and more guys that you've played uh, coming up in junior uh, and growing up. Um, is there anyone that you have sort of not a rivalry with, um, but maybe you're, you're excited to continue to play against them at the NHL level?
2: Uh, well, he's, he's one of my best buddies, but uh, Baron Hayton, um, we played like he played in Peterborough growing up minor hockey. So I've been playing against him like since minor Peewee and, I didn't really get to know him like personally until like under seventeens and stuff like that. But I remember like battling, like with him constantly, um, in minor hockey. And we would always like, we would always be playing center against each other and taking draws and battling and shutting each other down. So, um, and then the same going up into junior he's in Sioux and I was in Flint. So we played each other a lot. So, uh, he's one of my best buddies, but it'll be fun, you know, to kind of play against him one day. And, um, you know, just continue that that battle going up.
0: Cool. I guess uh, stepping away from just hockey um, I think it was in your first or second year in Flint that you you had some problems with your health uh, linked around your diet and eating certain foods. Um, just talk a bit about that. How did you figure it out and uh, what did you do to go about changing?
2: Yeah my, my second year is actually my draft year and, and uh, I was kind of leading up to Christmas time so about halfway through the year and I was like having really bad energy. I um, just felt really groggy and uh, tired and uh, before games like I got my built mom would always cook like a big uh, kind of chicken parm and pasta and I'd been doing that for a year and it was fine and things were all right and but all of a sudden I for like you know however many home games in a row I was throwing up like right around game time and I was eating around you know 3 p.m so we couldn't figure out what it was. Like people were saying like, Oh, are you nervous? Like what, like, but I was like, no, I'm not nervous. Like I'm in my second year. Like if anything, like I feel way more comfortable and stuff. So, um, yeah, I tried a bunch of stuff and, um, try to like go off dairy, go off gluten, and whatnot, and kind of figured out, took a couple of tests and found out that I was pretty gluten sensitive. So, uh, kind of stopped that and, and eating gluten and figuring out that, you know, this was really affecting me and um, probably thought it was a myth before that, to be honest with you, so um yeah, just kind of start stopped eating like that heavy pasta, bread, whatnot, and started to feel a lot better, gained a lot of energy, um kind of cleaned up my diet and got to the age where I realized like all oh, this this bad food stuff kind of really does affect you in a negative way, so um yeah, cleaned up my diet and and just kind of rolled that that second half, kind of felt way better, like night and day
1: difference, and just went
2: from there.
0: Okay, so you're still following that diet then?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your go-to cheat meal if you're to have one, maybe in the off-season here or there? Oh, ice cream is my uh, my kryptonite. It's just it
2: gets me every time. What flavor? Cookies and cream, or like a nice, nice Courthendary moose tracks from uh, Oxbridge Courthendary, local hotspot. I oh.
1: love it.
0: So, what has it been like this last week? Um, I'm sure your phone is blowing up and, and everything probably feels a bit surreal right now, but have you had a moment to, to sit back and take it all in?
2: Yeah, it's been crazy. Like uh, like it's this game, uh, you know, you learn over the years, it's just a, a bunch of highs and lows and and, and a whirlwind. So um, you go from being in camp and I remember having a good start to camp and really feeling good and then middle of camp, you know, having, you know, a couple of rougher days and you kind of get, nervous and whatnot right and then finishing strong so and not knowing where where I was going to be or how I was going to play out and then figuring out you're going to play your first game and roll from there so um it's been a whirlwind yeah a lot of support a lot of texts and calls and just support from family and friends which has been you know really nice to feel that and um just trying to say thank you to people back you know just for the help and support along the way and, and help me get here so um with getting you know the apartment and um, setting everything up and playing a lot of games like we're playing every other night, right? So um, late nights because your adrenaline's going. It feels like I haven't really kept, caught my breath, but uh, you know it's been good, and I'm just trying to soak it all in.
1: What about on off nights? Will you tune in and watch the other games, or do you just try and keep keep your mind off hockey on those on those days?
2: Yeah, I uh, I haven't recently, honestly. Like I feel like I've just it's been um it's been go 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 so um with playing and whatnot i haven't really had you know felt like the need to check out other games yet but um yeah we'll see how we'll see how it goes moving forward
0: another quick question uh uh-huh. you fought a couple times in the o right yeah so are we gonna get to see some some tough guy tie in the nhl
2: <laughs> i don't know we'll see it's more like yeah i don't know i i, I uh, just kind of comes and you yeah, you can't help it when it comes. Right. But, uh, you no, know, yeah, you, you don't plan yeah, it. Yeah, I don't plan it and I don't feel like I, I go out searching at all, but sometimes you're just on the ice and situation happens and you have to stand up for a guy or get some energy for the guys. And I don't know, just comes about and you just roll with it, but, uh, we'll see.
0: So like Ryan Reeves or someone like that, just to set the tone, right?
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: No, no, <laughs> Okay. Well, I think that's probably good. Uh, a lot of real good stuff. Hi! thanks again for uh, being the first ever guest on the show. Uh, We had a lot of fun. Hopefully we can have you back on down the road. For sure.
1: Yeah, 100%. Thanks a ton for uh, taking the time to do this. It's been awesome, you know, watching you play uh, this year and and finally, you know, make the league. So excited to see where this year takes you. And, yeah, hopefully we can get you back on uh, maybe sometime later this season.
0: Yeah. So we're going to try and get this released this week, uh, if we can figure out how to edit it.
1: We'll see. We'll see if we can edit this thing or what the hell we have to do next, but hopefully.
0: Yeah, so we'll probably get some social media accounts made up uh, to promote the pod. So who knows, maybe we can get a signed hat or jersey or something. We can do a little giveaway with, uh, I don't know, our, our 10 followers we
2: might get. For sure. For sure. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Ty. Good stuff, guys. That was, that was fun. Thanks. Nice. To hear this. Thanks, buddy. Hopefully, see you soon. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah, it was awesome. Wow, what a what a good kid that guy is, and a, a great guy. Um, what do you what are your thoughts on that, Matt?
1: Yeah, it was awesome speaking with Ty. I know we've uh, we've known him for a little while, growing up together. But it's awesome to hear his story and his experience. You know, really bursting onto the scene, um, in his minor midget year and going down the path. he has. he's really. Ticked every box in his in his junior career, you know, captain of the OHL, World Junior gold medalist, played in the U18s, and and to top it off, a first round NHL draft pick. It was awesome learning a bit more about his experience, and and excited to see where he uh, where he ends up in Dallas.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think you can. It's pretty evident uh, the kind of character he has, and uh, you know he's a hard worker, so I think that's really helped a lot. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see because he is a late bloomer uh, kind of through minor midget and the OHL um, to see where he goes in the NHL like I feel like he's got a lot of potential that people don't really realize um, so it'll be interesting to follow him over you know this season and, and in the coming years and hopefully uh, for a long time uh, if he can continue an NHL. Career.
1: Yeah for sure and for those listeners that don't know he's only 20 years old but yet so well spoken he has such a good head on his shoulders and I think that's really going to provide him you know great success in the nhl and and hopefully he can really find a spot that works for him with the stars he already looks great in his uh his first few games in the nhl and really excited to see kind of um his progress throughout the year and, and moving forward in his career too yeah
0: for sure so i think that's probably a good uh first episode um we really appreciate everyone listening uh, if you've made it this far in the episode we really appreciate it um kind of next steps and where we're going to go from here um matt if you want to kind of just go through what you see um or what what we've talked about um just on releasing episodes and trying to get new guests and stuff like that
1: yeah for sure we want to bring on a wide range of guests um to hear to hear a lot of different stories and a lot of perspectives in the hockey world too so expect more players expect some you know people that work in the management whether it's general managers maybe even agents or or something along those lines and also, we're just going to talk hockey a lot too. So me and Jay will definitely be giving our thoughts throughout the year on, on who we think maybe contenders. Uh, we'll continuously update our awards list and, and who we think maybe in the finals. So anything else, Jay?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, just to point out too, um, we will have a social media, so we'll have some, an Instagram page and, uh, I think Twitter. Um, so go give us a follow there. Um, you can actually find our Instagram and Twitter pages with the same handle, which is uh standing room only underscore pod. Um, and yeah, p- like feel free to leave, uh, comments, reviews, anything, just let us know how we're doing. If we can improve anything, if you'd like to see uh, certain aspects or certain guests, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And if you like what you've heard, um, please, please feel free to subscribe, follow. Um, we'd love to have you along for the journey. Um, but I think that's pretty much it for me. Um, well, be releasing this this week and hopefully you know in the next couple of weeks we'll release episode two and just keep going from there
1: awesome sounds good jay yeah thanks for tuning in guys and uh look forward to bringing you some more content in the future
0: yeah thanks matt we'll see everyone next time